So we're preparing for the coming of our Saviour. I think we need to stop for a moment and realise how revolutionary that statement actually is. Because what we're saying is that our salvation is a person. As Christians, we're just so used to that. We just blah, blah, blah. (laughs) But this really is quite a revolutionary idea. Because most of that world thinks that our salvation is going to come from a social structure. Our salvation is going to come when we get the economy right or when we get politics right or when we get our social institutions right. And even if you look back at the history of Israel, this was kind of their great idea. If you look through the history of Israel, it was one of get really, really prosperous, get really wealthy, do whatever we want, the whole thing collapses. We realise that we stuffed up, so we go back to following the law. We get really, really wealthy, really prosperous, and then we stuff up again, it collapses. And this just kept happening again and again. Until they kind of got to the point where they thought, we've worked out the problem. You know, we need to start to create the perfect structure. If we can create the perfect structure, then we're not going to stuff it up again. And so when you get to the time of Jesus, you've got these great reform movements basically trying to create the perfect structure. You know, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, all these people we hear mentioned, they're basically trying to get all the rules correct. If we just get everyone following the rules, our society will be perfect and we'll be okay. Christianity comes in and starts to present a completely different vision. Because it says the problem's not with society, the problem's with your own heart. We're not trying to create the perfect world, we're trying to create the perfect human. And if we can do that, everything else will happen. And so really, this is the, the genius within Christmas. You know, despite all the nice songs we sing, there's kind of this hidden power in the midst of the crib. When you look at this small child, what we see there is the perfect human. What we see there is the one who is fully human, fully God, fully human. Christ who now comes to us and says, this is what you were made to be. And I'm now going to give you the grace to go on a journey to become. To leave behind everything that is not human, which is our sin. Anytime anyone ever says, look, I sin because I'm human, you need to say no. (laughs) You sin because you're not human. That's the whole point. It's, It's that deformed part of our humanity. When we see Christ, we see the one who is now fully human. What we were meant to be in the beginning... And and really, this is where the revolution begins because Christ is trying to call us back and start to look seriously at everything within us that doesn't match the ideal. We now have a standard to, to measure ourselves against. If you look through the history of the church, particularly the early church, this is really what brought about the transformation because they weren't really interested in trying to change 
the whole of the Roman Empire. They weren't trying to change Jewish politics. They were just devoted to trying to work on their own hearts and realised that if they got that right in here, the ripple effect would change the whole world, which is basically what happened. This is really where we begin on this first Sunday of Advent. You know, we, we begin not even talking about the coming Messiah. You know, it's not going to be for until the coming Sundays when we start to hear the, the words about prepare the way, make ready a highway for the king. Where we start is with our own heart. And we start with the opening chapter of, well, with the opening part of Isaiah. Basically, this, this call to look within. The language of this reading in Isaiah is kind of fascinating. Because it's humanity crying out to God, saying, Why, Lord, leave us to stray from your ways and harden our hearts against fearing you? I don't know whether you noticed that when it was being read out, but it's a little bit strange. Humanity is crying out to God, saying, Why have you abandoned us and why do you harden our hearts against you? This is a phrase which is used a few times in the Bible. You know, we hear about how God hardened the heart of Pharaoh so that he became so evil. And it seems to suggest this idea that God is actually against us. God's playing games with us. He's going to harden your heart so that you become bad and then he's going to punish you because you became bad. But really, I think what this does is it starts to reveal something of the mystery of how God works. I was listening to a talk by Scott Hahn recently where he spoke about this idea and he, he was talking about this idea of the, the wrath of God. This term which is very misunderstood. You know, this idea of the wrathful God is very angry. But he described it very simply. He said that God's wrath is when he lets you get what you want. God's mercy is when he gives you what you need. And, and this is actually very scriptural, much more scriptural than this idea of a God angry and wanting to punish people. And we actually hear this throughout this first reading, if you go back and read it, because it's this idea that God is going to let you get whatever you want, really, and live with the consequences of that. If you want to sin, he's going to let you sin. And sin itself will be its punishment. But if you want to be in relationship with God, if you want to submit yourself and truly be a child of God, then he will treat you like a child. Now, as it says in Hebrews chapter 12, what father would not discipline his own son? If a father doesn't discipline his son, it's probably a sign that the son is illegitimate. He doesn't care about it. You know, that God's mercy is when he gives you what you need because he wants you to become in the image of his own son. He wants you to become the image of Christ. That your heart would be filled with complete love. Anything that is not love would be stripped away. And the only way we can learn that often is through hardship. It's only through trials and 
through temptations even, through having to every day make this choice, do I do this or do I do that? Selfishness or love? You know, that God comes in as a really loving father wanting to train us, wanting to form us. And at Christmas, he shows us what it is that he's trying to form us into. He gives us the ideal of what it is to be human, what the human heart is actually meant to look like and how it is that he wants to to shape us. So I think as we begin this time of Advent, what we really need is to cry out the way that this first reading cries out. Lord, would you tear the heavens and come down? We want you to be part of our life. We want you to intervene. We want you to actually be our father and to train us. We don't want to be acting like orphans, doing whatever we want. You know, where the rest of the world wants to just celebrate freedom as the highest goal. We want to be able to do whatever we want and get away with it. We don't want to be like that. We want to be children. We want to be sons and daughters of God. And so this is where we need to begin our Advent. It's just to come back and say, Lord, bring us back under your care. Train us, guide us, discipline us, form us so that we can actually understand what it is to be human. You know, we are the ones who want to go through hardship if it means that it's actually going to help us to be who we're meant to be. You know, we don't want to live the life of ease and pleasure if that means that we're never going to grow. Now, that's a difficult decision to make because it really goes against all the advertising of our modern world which has formed us and shaped us. But I think if we're to really understand what Christmas is, this is the starting point. So let's look ahead at the one who is coming. And let's look particularly at the heart of the one who is coming. And to realise that we want our heart to become as the heart of Christ. To really allow God to intervene in our lives and guide us over these next four weeks so that this could be a real time of repentance, a real time of transformation where we leave behind everything which is not Christ and allow him to really take over us.